Is the mic on? Episode 50, What's Wrong with Orny Adams? I shared the last episode with my father, his feedback. No podcast should be longer than 30 minutes. Here we go. What's wrong with Orny Adams? I'm going to try, Dad. Episode 50. Can you believe it? I made it to 50. Lots on the docket today. Lots. Is long-form thought dead? I'm going to share some clips that I shared on the internet. I'm going to discuss them. I'm going to talk about my Sarasota shows, shows here. I'm going to talk about my beer fridge over there. Teen Wolf the movie. Why do I look a little skinnier than normal? Because I'm on my Teen Wolf diet, which is eat more apples. We'll talk about that more. My phone died. What a blessing that was. And uh, let's talk about a guy who lost his arm to a hippo. We'll do that, uh, I guess, at the end. And emails from uh, fans. I want to thank you first, the listeners. I appreciate everybody that's listening. I appreciate everyone that is supporting me by uh, subscribing to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Orny. If you want to keep in contact with me, the email is very simple. It's what's wrong at ornyadams.com. Episode, 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 episode 50. I sent my dad the last... I thought he'd be so happy that I was talking about his childhood show, this uh, Yukon Jack, but instead, this is what I got back. I got an email that said, all podcasts should be limited to 30 minutes. It's all he, it's all he wrote. Not, thank you for talking about Yukon Jack. Whatever. So, uh, <laughs> then he sent me a bunch of quotes. Ready? Uh... Pascal, the mathematician and physicist, said, not that the story need be long, but it will take a long while to make it short. Henry David Thoreau, the guy who used to, uh, in Concord, the next town over from where I grew up in Lexington, used to masturbate into the peat moss on the side of his house. Let's hear what he has to say. If I had more time, I would have masturbated into the peat moss. If I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. Uh, of course, those people didn't live as long as we live. So we have more time to listen to content and and uh, longer read longer letters. I don't remember writing letters anymore. Uh, Marcus Cicero, philosopher, right? Uh, you know that I write slowly. This is chiefly because I'm never satisfied until I have said as much as possible in a few words. And writing briefly takes far more time than writing in length. Well, I got news for you, Cicero. Uh, looks like uh, Thoreau, uh, his quote says the exact same thing with less words. If I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter, Cicero. So even when Cicero's telling us that we should be shorter and more concise, he isn't. Uh, Carl Gauss, mathematician and scientist. I don't know who that is. Uh, it is my ambition to say in 10 sentences what others say in a whole book. Well, excuse me. Excuse me. That's why we have Twitter. Carl Nietzsche. I love Nietzsche. Nietzsche, I love. Let's see what Nietzsche has to say. The more you say, the less people remember. Oh, God, I should just shut up. The fewer the words, the greater the profit. God, I should just shut up. Thanks, Nietzsche. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for sharing this quote after I've been doing this for 30 years. This would have helped uh, when I was a kid. Gave me a book, a Nietzsche book when I was a kid. What uh, Was that in there? Uh, oh, this guy's a theologian, Francis. He's got all those things under the C, above the E, Fenelon. No one who has read official documents needs to be told how easy it is to conceal the essential truth under the apparently candid and all disclosing phrases of voluminous and particularizing report. Screw you. Woodrow Wilson, 
What was he? Uh, he was a president of the United States, uh, I'm going to guess, uh, in the 20s, uh, maybe 28. We were going over this the other day. Like, if a president is reelected again for a second term, he remains like, if he's a, you know, 10th president, he stays 10th. But what if it's, what if he's loses that election, then runs again and wins a second term, not in a row, he actually gets another number. It'd be like number 12. Uh, Woodrow Wilson, number 28. If you want me to give you a two-hour presentation, I am ready today. If you only want a five-minute speech, it will take me two weeks to prepare. Got it, Dad. Got it. Message loud and clear. Look how short his feedback was. All podcasts should be limited to 30 minutes. Other people... Uh, I meant to read this last week. I ran out of time. This is from Iorga, I-O-R-G-A. I thought it was an L. I go, Lorga. I go, what up, Lorg? Anyway, guy writes back and he said, it's uh, with an I. I can't even be happy that I'm reading it. I- I'm responding to his email. He has to correct me. Uh, he wrote, hey, dude, I effing live your podcast. Well, uh, Iorga, that uh, should be an O, love. I e- I effing love your podcast and your shows. I know you are. I know you're from Team Wolf, but you. But when I searched you, uh, I mean, your act was so good as coach. Uh, more about you, I became a bigger fan. Of more, the more I searched about you, uh, keep going with your shows and podcasts. And I hope I will see you in more TV series and movies. Well, you're gonna see me in the Teen Wolf one. Keep doing what you're doing because you are so great. All, all good from Romania. Sorry for the bad English, buddy. No problem. My Romania is even worse, and my English is not that much better, to be honest. But yes, people are listening in Romania. People are listening in Singapore. I'm going to read a letter from our friend in Singapore, Mr. Z. Doesn't want me to say his name. But uh, episode 50, I'm alone. Uh, The last three episodes I did with guests. This is sort of a welfare check. I'm checking in on myself to make sure I'm okay. I was supposed to have a guest on today, but uh, she uh, was sort of pushing it. A few days because uh, her dog is sick. And uh, although I've never owned uh, a dog or a cat or a pet, uh, I understand uh, they become like family members. So uh, anyway, hopefully she'll be on. I I, I did own a pet once. I had a a, a parakeet. Now, why I had a parakeet, I, I don't know. What was that all about? What was that shenanigans about? Already sweating here in big yellow. Remember, I had a parakeet. I named it after. I went to camp. I named it after who I thought was the cool kid. And uh, I'm not going to tell you the name because it's the password for, you know, it's uh, if I forget my password, they go, what was your, your favorite pet's name? Well, I only had one pet died in its cage. Why I had a parakeet? Why, now, why my parents even allowed me to have a parakeet? If my dad could write me an email, a very short one, explaining why I was allowed to have a pet, a parakeet. I remember cleaning the cage. I remember you'd pull, it was like a toaster oven. You'd pull out that, that tray and uh, you'd have to clean shit, parakeet shit. But why did I choose a parakeet? I know what I was, maybe the colors. I love colors. Like I love flowers and colors. And I, I think it was green. Shouldn't tell you that. That's probably part of the password if you want to hack me. Um, I remember when I was a kid, there was a Woolworths in town and they sold parakeets. Maybe it was, maybe it was that. I, I, I don't, oh no, I forgot the plantain in the house. Shit. I bought a plantain. Ah, I'm just looking over my notes. It's too much to think about. This is why it isn't 30. We're already at 10 minutes, dad. I'm already in trouble. 
I bought a plantain. Oh, but who's the what's a big? So I hold up a plantain to the camera, and the people on Patreon get to see it. Who cares? Who cares? You know what a plantain looks like. Also, uh, all the older video is up on YouTube. I just put up, you know, the ones, the older ones are there. So you get like you're like ten episodes ahead if you go to Patreon.com/slash Orny, and for five bucks, you know, you can just you can watch away, you can support me, which I appreciate. And I appreciate the people that listen. And watch on YouTube and watch me everywhere. And feel free to, you know, rate it, share it, write a review. I notice people stop writing reviews on iTunes. Um, and I enjoyed those. Um, did I just whistle? I can't believe I forgot the plantain. So what happened was I went out to a Cuban restaurant I go to in Glendale, although I call it Burbank. And I'm always suspicious. Are they really giving me plantains? Like how readily available are plantains. And especially with what's going on with the supply chain, maybe the plantains aren't coming over to this country. And do we even grow plantains in this country? So I thought maybe they're slipping us bananas. And I wanted to do a little investigation, little investigation, you know, like really, I should be the guy in the news that gets to the bottom of stuff. And so I asked the table next to me, sort of got got to know these these guys who were older Cuban guys and you know we were they were speaking Spanish and I don't know how we connect I I just listen when I go out to eat wherever I go it's a show it's a show it's the Orny show I was at the the gym the other day and I'm doing my legs that's why I'm looking skinnier you got to blast your legs like today I can't walk I like that I like when I'm so I'm so God, we're back to sweating, and it's only April in Big Yellow. I, I like when I, I I destroy my body at the gym, and then I can't walk for like two days, but it keeps me nice and fit and skinny, which I have to be right now because I'm shooting uh, the movie Teen Wolf, which I'll get into a little bit later. But I'm at the gym, and I'm doing the leg press where you lean back and you push your legs up. The weights are on there, and I have five, I don't mean to brag, five, five plates on each side. What's a plate? Plates 45 pounds. What's that in kilos? You figure that out. So I got 10 of these plates. That's 450 pounds now that I think about it, not to mention the weight of the machine. And uh guy comes over to me. Three three young people come over to me first. Must have been like early 20s. And they said, uh, are you almost done? I said, does it look like I'm almost done? I go, this is where I start. I said, look at my legs. Look at my legs. And they're laughing. I go, buddy, you jump up on that. You sit on the machine, all right? I need a little more resistance. And they're laughing. Somebody else came over and asked the same question. I did the, like the same routine. I go, no, no. I, I go, come on, buddy, look at my legs. This isn't where I, yeah, this is the end. This is where I begin. There aren't enough 45s in the gym. Guy's dying. They're both dying. Come to find out afterwards, they all knew me. One guy uh, knew me from stand-up. That I, I, The kids knew me from Teen Wolf. So are they laughing because it's funny or are they laughing because it's, I'm genuinely a funny person. I admit funny. It's my essence. And I'm going to bring this back a little bit later uh, with the letter that I got from uh, my friend in Singapore, Z, okay? Because he asks about comedy. And one of the greatest gifts a comedian has coming up is anonymity. Nobody knows that person. So if they laugh, it's a genuine laugh. And I I miss that because I suspect I'm now getting a laugh. Because people, I'm not big enough that I would assume people know me. But people do know me. 
So maybe they're like, like a lot of the times they're getting big laughs in the elevator. I'm a, I'm a big hit in the elevator. And then to come up, find out later when they're exiting for their floor, they go, by the way, I love your comedy. I'm like, oh shit, that wasn't a real laugh. So how do you know if you're really funny as you get more famous? Like you watch, you watch these comedians that have broken through and have mass appeal and they're getting away with stuff that other people wouldn't get away with. Well, I like earning it. I like earning it. I like those nights when I'm on a show in Hollywood and a lot of the audience doesn't know me. And I see, I see as my set goes on, they're like, wow, we didn't know this guy, but he's funny. But to connect instantly like I did at the gym, well, I do it a lot. I do it a lot. And if you date me, it becomes quite annoying, right? Because then I'm the guy. Oh, here we go again. Now he's talking to the next table. But we were sort of talking and I said to my friend, uh, Jay, another comedian, I said, start filming. I said, excuse me. I said, how do we know if they're really serving plantains here in the kitchen? Maybe they're slipping us bananas. Can anybody tell the difference? And I'll play the, I'll play the clip. I put this up on, uh, on, uh, TikTok and maybe not Instagram yet, but it's only up on TikTok, but it's, uh, it simply says plantain versus banana. Ready? I mean, hold on. Hold on. Excuse me. Yes, sir. How do we how do we know if those are really plantains or bananas? I mean, they could be serving as bananas. <laughs> yeah, the old Cuban guys are laughing at me. I go, how do we know they're not? So then I go, I get invited into the kitchen. This is what happens when you're famous like me. All right. I go and see they that. hand me look at this. It looks like a banana to me. It looks it's like a, a banana. Ba- That's right. That's a plantain. It's a banana. That's a plantain. It's a chiquita banana. It's a plantain. You can't peel it and and bite it. Okay, now he challenges me to peel it and bite it. This is Ralph, the owner of uh, Mambo's, the restaurant in Glendale, I call it Burbank. Now watch this. Watch how easy I peel the thing and I eat it. And it's not that bad. So what is this whole mythology behind the plantain? It's too hard. Looks like I peeled it. A banana you can eat raw. Yeah. A plantain you can't. (laughs) Not bad. Not bad. That's a better choice. Yeah, because it's got sugar. No, it caramelizes itself. Oh, it does? Yeah. Don't, talk, it don't is... talk to me like I'm stupid. It's cooked in the <laughs> Anyway, so that was me having fun. I, I know the owner. I've been going there for a while, but I connected with these people at the next table. Then they started to make fun of my hair. They asked if I was really a comedian. They asked me how I get my hair to look like this. Do I stick my fingers in an electric socket? And I said, no, I put plantain in it. That's what I do. So... Anyway, that video is up uh, for everybody to enjoy. It's on my TikTok, which is uh, TikTok. It's my, my handles, Orny Adams for real. Wow. Wow. Anyway, a lot of fun doing legs at the gym. Uh, I did that on Monday. It's Wednesday now. I still can't walk. Somebody just texted me and said, let's go for a hike. I said, uh, I don't know. I don't know my legs, you know, because when I, now this is what I've learned too. When I have to get in shape. My body allows it, okay? Like, I, it's very hard for me to diet if there's no incentive. Like, now I'm working on this Teen Wolf film, and it was fun to go back, or it was fun to see everybody, and, sorry, I'm sweating, and it's very easy because I, I want to look good. So, what do, what do I do? I, I just, I go, you know what, I'm going to go to bed hungry. I went to bed hungry last night, woke up, wasn't hungry. But if I don't have that incentive, then I'm like, you know what? Uh, you know what's more pleasurable? Eating right now. I'd rather eat. I'd rather eat, rather go out with friends, have a nice dinner, have uh, uh, some alcohol, whatever it is. 
I limit all that stuff when I'm filming because I want to look skinnier, younger, more vibrant, whatever. And uh, so what I do is, like last night, I'm so hungry. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. Oh my God, what am I going to do? I just want to eat carbohydrates. I just want, I want a handful of carbohydrates. I just want something like a chip or something. What I do is I eat an apple. I eat an apple. And you know what? It fills me up. Believe it or not, it fills me up. So anyway, this is my welfare check, me checking in with myself, no guest, uh, sort of like the old days. Uh, when I do this podcast, there's a lot more preparation, but you know what? It's uh, it's worth it. I found myself getting lazier with the guests. Like maybe I've got to figure out like a mix between the two because all my energy goes into getting the guest up here, getting them directions, getting them, uh, making, confirming them, making sure they don't cancel, making sure they feel comfortable, making sure the cameras are set up right. Uh, you know, it's there's a lot. There's a lot involved. And so that energy takes away from the energy of writing for the show. So if anybody wants to work on the show, please, please come along. Now, there was a uh, almost catastrophe. It was almost a catastrophic event here in Big Yellow. I wanted a beer the other day, you know, part of my diet. <laughs> and I come into the fridge here because I, I usually take the beer from the fridge in the house. And I'm not a big beer drinker. I just discovered this during COVID. You know me, I'm a mezcal tequila guy and I'm not a heavy drinker. One drink, maybe 1.5 drinks and I'm done. I got the perfect, it's all I need. I don't need to wake up feeling horrible about myself. But I have this fridge full of beer because I thought, wouldn't it be great when the guests come? I, I, I can be like the cool podcast. Hey, want a beer? Hey, grab, grab a beer if you want a beer. Hey, what do you want to drink? Water? Water or beer? You a day drinker? You know, and, and come to realize nobody, nobody's taking me up on the beer and nobody even thinks it's that cool. Turns out it's not that cool to offer someone alcohol when you're uh, well into your adulthood. So the beer's been sitting there since COVID. Pre, like right at the beginning of COVID, I just started ordering beer. And so I popped one. This, does this taste funny? I don't know enough about beer to know if it tastes funny. Does this taste funny? I can't tell. So I invite my neighbor, uh, Kirk. I go, Kirk, got a situation, got a problem, need your help. Now, usually that means like helping me fix the air conditioner in Big Yellow or unclogging a drain or something in the house, like, you know, something's broken and he's, he's very handy or he knows somebody. So the guy, guy doesn't want to respond to that text because he knows now he's got to come down and f- fix something so he's like what's up i said i think i think the beers were in the skunk in the, in the in the trailer do you think you can come down and taste a few and let me know and so he said why don't you come up for dinner i said i don't want to cook his wife i cooking dinner vegan stuff and i said ah yeah i already ate I, which i hadn't but i'm starving myself for teen wolf i you know, i hadn't had my apple yet and so uh, he said come on down so he came down we smoked some cigars and we just went through all the the beers we found the ones that like had the latest like born on date or brewed date. Remember they born on like the beer was born on date, like like no beer is not birthed, it's brewed brewed on date. So we and we drank those and Kirk the expert he's uh, Irish and everything sings in an Irish band called the uh, the fuck uh, uh, I don't know what it is sorry buddy the uh, uh fuck. It's for the F word, but Irish. Anyway, so he's an expert. He has cleared all the beer. He says, all the beer is fine. We tasted one of each. 
the fine. And uh, he said, uh, when can we come back and finish? Now that I know that they're good, I don't want to give them away like I was. So now I'm, I'm saving them. But that, that was a, that was a, whew, boy, was that, that was scary. Another scary thing that happened this week. Uh, my iPhone just froze. This has never happened before, but the screen just stopped mid, like, you know, when you're switching through apps and it's scrolling, it froze like that. And then it wouldn't turn off or on. It was just frozen. And I, I was at the gym. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? This is great. This is wonderful. I'm, I don't have a phone. Nobody can get in contact with me. I can't contact anybody. I thought, you know what? I was so happy. And then it came, it, it rebooted about 10 minutes later and the Zen was gone. But um, really made me think about getting rid of this technology, even though I love it. Like I love that I've reconfigured the cameras for this shoot. I love playing with my little electronic uh, toys. I just bought all new lav mics to hook into my iPhone. And that was, uh, boy, that, that took weeks. And and I just bought an outdoor uh, boom box I've been researching. I love technology. Of course, when you watch old movies, there's nothing more depressing than outdated technology. Right? Isn't that, isn't that depressing? We see old computers and movies and stuff. You're like, oh. Look how sad that is. Or like when you watch like uh, forensic files and they're like somebody was murdered over a, a, a theft of a VCR. They broke into the house to steal the VCR and killed the person. I'm like, oh my God, if they just lived a little bit longer until the DVD player came out, came out they wouldn't have died. They wouldn't have died. So uh, let's get into this because I've got to keep this under 30, although we're already, we're already going over, I, I, I can tell. Uh, anyway, this is from Z-, Z in Singapore. Hope you're doing well in L.A. I just listened to episode 48 with Jamie Kennedy, and I felt like this was the right time to send you this email. He was inspired by the Jamie Kennedy podcast, okay? I've been listening to stand-up comedy and, re- and related documents, uh, documentaries like Comedian ever since I discovered your podcast in 2020. Recently, I toyed around with the concept of comedy and funny because somebody told me I was funny some time ago. Well, that that is not a good friend. Any friend that tells you you're funny... It's just gearing you up for uh, uh, disappointment. I would never have described myself as funny. Uh, As I went to think about it, I came to the conclusion that funny cannot exactly be taught in the sense that you can tell a joke which is funny, but if someone else tells it, it may not be funny. Uh, The jokes are the extension of the comedian. Perhaps the question here is, would you agree that comedy is unique to every comedian? That there are different layers of funny and everyone interprets comedy differently, even though you can can all laugh at the same jokes. I thought that as a professional comedian, you would share some of your comedy, a world of comedy, your thoughts with your WWOA listeners. Uh, anyway, uh, so it's your I think the question is. Are people born funny or. Is a joke inherently funny, like on paper? I did an interview the other day for Forbes magazine, and I have to be very cognizant uh, and aware that my words in print do not read funny a lot of the times. You have to hear my inflection. And that's what I got away with at the gym. That's why I was telling that story. Inflection is so key to comedy. And having it come from within. If you watch this great movie called Funny Bones with Jerry Lewis and uh, Oliver Platt, and uh, Lee, is it Lee Daniels? And it takes place in Las Vegas. 
and live uh, Blackpool, England. And the premise of the movie is that Jerry Lewis was this great, great comedian, which he was, but this is a fictionalized uh, movie. And his son decides to do comedy and his son just doesn't have it. In the words of Jerry Lewis, he just doesn't have funny bones. Like either you have it or you don't. And the son is doing a big show in Vegas and his dad is in the audience and the MC goes, oh, look who's in the audience. And it's like the worst thing that can happen. You can see Oliver Platt backstage just going, no, don't point out my dad. This is my night. And the dad, instead of understanding that, respecting that, upstages his son, goes up on stage and says his catchphrase, which I don't remember what it was. It was something like, and here she is or something like that. And the crowd goes nuts. Platt gets up there. Now he's angry. He's angry that his dad did this. And he probably wasn't funny to begin with. And he bombs, really bombs. So he doesn't even, after the show, as I remember, just leaves, just takes off, doesn't see anybody, hops on a plane and goes to Blackpool, England, where his father started. And he meets up with all these eccentric characters, including the original writing uh, group, not writing, comedy group his father was part of. And he comes to discover, I think Oliver Platt's character was going over there to buy a routine because he thought maybe I could buy a routine, which again comes back to what you're saying. Can you buy a routine? Can you do somebody else's joke? And yes, you can, but it'll never be what the original author felt or gave off. And so he went over there to buy and he discovered that his dad was a fraud, that his father had stolen his entire act in Blackpool and brought it to America. And what I remember was, that if you talk to a lot of comedians, they'll say this, like some people just have that essence. Now, whether I do or not, I don't know. That's what I'm always exploring. Like when I'm at the gym, what can I get away with? Because a lot of the times I say things, I'm like, I can't believe I just got away with that. Like at the gym, you know, when they have like all the machines in a row where there aren't free weights, but you just, you just move the pin, go from 10 to 20, move the pin down. Those machines, well, universal machines, are they, is that what they're called? And I was standing next to one of the guys. I said, are you using that? And I said, I'm using all of them. The whole row. He said, they're all. And he's laughing. I go, yeah, so if you want to use anything, ask me. He's laughing. So, Z, the reason I can do that is because my essence bleeds funny. I've, I've sort of been this way my whole life. And I love watching people laugh. Now, it, it doesn't, I mean, I don't want to bash, but... Not everybody has funny bones, but there's a lot of people that feel... It's like me singing karaoke, okay? I can't sing. I think I can sing. I think it sounds good at the time, but it doesn't. It doesn't. I just don't have it. I don't have the vocal cords. So I invite you to watch that. I think it's an amazing... Sorry, Dad, we're going over 30. We're going over 30, okay? Because I haven't even gotten to what I... Hip-hop, but anyway... Watch that. I, I, I beg everybody to watch that. And I'm going to watch it again. I, I thought it was uh, g- really great. Um, I, I do want to say this on a, on a serious note. It is very tough uh, right now to create content and to really process what's going on in my life and have sort of any, like, grudges. or want- I, I feel guilty wanting anything. Like, I feel guilty wanting people to watch my stuff or subscribe or come to my shows because what's going on in Ukraine, it is such an atrocity, which I don't even have to explain in words because 
we all know just looking at the images. And these people are fleeing their homes. People are being killed. And it's really hard to reconcile that with me sitting here going, why is my Amazon package late? Uh, and that's what the world the world is. It's like, I, I just feel very fortunate and lucky. And I, I feel for these people. And I feel for these people. And as I get older, and, and, and certainly my eyes are wider and the, the light's coming in more and I can see more clearly, I, I, I really wonder if I'm a disgusting human being that I want more, that I'm not grateful. I mean, like, look at this guy. This guy, a hippo, ripped off my arm and threw me around like a rag doll. This guy in 1996 was in Zimbabwe, and he's a safari guide, and he got swallowed by a monster hippo that ripped his arm off and threw him around like a rag doll. Now, what is what do I have to complain about compared to this guy, right? So many people have really horrible lives. I just feel so fortunate that my biggest concerns are little things, little things that just drive me nuts. And that's been my brand of comedy is to avoid the big picture, avoid it, avoid it and just, just focus on the small, the little things that drive us all nuts and show the commonality. So this, but now I'm questioning even that. And when you start to question that, what's left? What's left? Now I'm questioning my entire through line as a comedian. Paul Templer, very similar to my friend uh, Paul Telner, his name. I thought, I thought I read this, I go, oh my God, my front friend Paul was eaten by a, a hippo. Was left uh, with 39 major bite wounds after a life-changing encounter with a killer beast in, Z- in Zimbabwe. Uh, he said the hippo swallowed him and it stank like rotten eggs. Uh, I have known for a long time, like if you look at the end of the article, it says... The hippopotamus kills more humans every year than any other animal on the continent of Africa. Now, I wonder if that includes mosquitoes. Pound for pound, the biggest killer in the world is mosquitoes. In fact, it probably was a mosquito that led to the fact that this guy Paul even got attacked by a hippopotamus because he wasn't supposed to be on the tour that day. He wasn't supposed to be leading the tour that day. Somebody else was, but they got malaria. Now, that guy must be like, thank God I got malaria. I would have been eaten by a hippo. Like, getting malaria saved his life. Almost dying from one thing saved his life. Unless that guy died from malaria. I didn't say that in the article. But when I went on a uh, safari in South Africa, I remember these guys pulled right up to the lions. Like, the lions were, like, right at the, you know, of course they had guns, but they were right at right at the, the jeep that we were in. It was an open jeep. Lion could have jumped in. Lions, and when you hear this thing, like, the whole ground shakes. You're like, oh, shit, this is a powerful... This is an apex predator. And I remember we were a few hundred yards away from a hippo in the water. And we were like, can we get closer? And they're like, uh, no, no. I never saw such fear. These guys were so afraid of the hippo. And that's when I realized the hippo not to be messed with. These guys, We were in a car. They're like, this thing can't even outrun the hippo. And the hippo is the most dangerous animal out here. They wouldn't go I mean, we were like, you couldn't even see it. Like you almost had to have binoculars to see it. Uh, oh, those, those, um, those, uh, I was on a safari. It was me and uh, who was, Bobby Lee was on it. And, and uh, was, um, 
was Trevor Noah? I don't know if he came with us, but we had all, we're all doing a show together in South Africa and uh, Ian, Ian Bag was there and who else was, who else was there? Of course, they had me closing the show going on after Trevor and Trevor was like this big name there. So, but we went on the safari. It was, it was like a bullshit safari. It wasn't like we were really out in, you know, it was like a farm fenced in set up for our safari thing. They would jump out and they're like, this is, this is elephant dang. And they'd like touch it and stuff like that. It was like a whole, it was a whole show. It was like basically like going to Benny Hanna's, watching them cook on the table. Uh, let's continue with this article about the hippo. Uh, a friend of mine who was supposed, this is Paul, was supposed to be leading the uh, canoe safari, had come down with malaria. You know, when you have that feeling of trepidation, like something's just not the way it's supposed to be. That's how I felt that day. But the opportunity to take the safari was fantastic. It was on one of the most beautiful stretches of the river, maybe in the world. After nearing a stretch near Victoria Falls, trouble became apparent when an animal knocked one of his pals out of his canoe. Paul told the son in 2018, as I paddled towards him, the hippo, is this from the sun? I should give my source. Yeah, this is uh, Jacob Bentley York from the sun. Uh, as I paddled towards him, the hippo was coming towards me underwater with ripples on top. Looked like a submarine tor- torpedo cutting through the water. Uh, Paul, what a sense of humor, called it a bad day at the office. Uh, so I turned, Paul called the hippo attack. So I turned towards him and tried to grab him. And it was like something out of a movie because our fingers almost touched and then everything just went dark. It happened so quick. Uh, from my waist up, I, I wasn't dry, but I wasn't wet either like my legs were. I couldn't move. I was wedged in this tight place. I knew it was a hippo or a croc. Either way, it wasn't good. I managed to move my fingers around and was able to feel the bristles on the hippo's snout. That's pretty amazing. At this point, Paul realized that he was stuck in the beast's throat with no imminent means of escape. It was slimy, slippery, wet, and it smelled like rotten eggs. You know, is there anything worse than being swallowed by an animal with bad breath? These hippos... These hippos need better hygiene. He said, I'm so far down the throat and I'm not a small guy, he said. So I managed to grab a hold of the tusk and push myself out and burst to the surface. That's pretty amazing. When the hippo eventually spat Paul out, he quickly swallowed the safari guide again. This persistent hippo. Paul was thrashed around in the water trying not to drown before the hippo spat him out for a second time. Um, and then the hippo grabbed him again, pulls him to the bottom of the river. He said he's, he's looking up and uh, he can see, I can see the green and blue and the sunlight on the water surface. And then I look around, I can see blood mingling in the water. Yeah, the blood's having a little mingle session. Paul was eventually rescued by one of his friends who said, showed incredible bravery to paddle over and grab him. Now, this is where it gets sad. Tragically, his friend, who was knocked from the canoe by the beast, drowned. It took Paul eight agonizing. So the friend goes to save him. Friend's dead. Great. Great. So Paul, Paul eventually, they uh, amputate his arm. And, uh, you know, what does he have to complain about? Since the attack, where it gets worse, he has also survived cancer. I I mean, what, what do I have to complain about? That my dad thinks the podcast goes too long? Now I have a decision to make because I'm, I'm inching up at 40 minutes and now I want to keep it under 40 minutes. Do I talk about the Sarasota clip? Or do I talk about the clip that I just put up? Let me do the Sarasota clip I'm, I'm going to do where a guy was taking notes on my show. I'll do that on episode 51 
uh, I, I just have a, a, a few things to talk about. And, and then we'll wrap it up. This, I've been saying this for years. I don't want to go to your party, okay? This is me at the improv the other night. Listen, I wasn't invited to all the parties in high school. And guess what? Turns out you're doing me a favor, okay? I don't like to go to parties. I hate going to parties. There's people here tonight that are thinking, this guy's cool. We should invite him to a party. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to think about what I have to wear. I don't want to think about what I'm going to say to people. I don't want to go. I want to sit at home and do nothing. And look at the pictures next week on social media. I don't want to. You know, people have a fear of missing out. I have phobia, fear of being included. I don't. Don't invite me. I will not feel bad. I don't want to go to your wedding. I don't want to see your happiness. I don't want to see the slideshow. I don't give a shit how you met. I don't give a shit how you met. (laughs) I posted that and my mom, my mom liked it. I thought she was going to be upset that I said shit at the end twice. And she said she liked my hair, which is the greatest compliment I can get from my mom. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to go to your parties. Don't, please stop inviting me. I wasn't cool in high school. You didn't invite me. Let's go back to that. Let's go back to that. Even though I, now I'm cool, everybody wants me at their parties, but I I, I don't want to go. So I posted that clip and you should come see a show. Uh, my tour schedule is up at orniadams.com slash tour and see how that joke ends about a party I went to where I was asked to bring something. It, it, it's remarkable. I just, I don't like going to parties. I just don't, who I'm going to talk to. All the conversations, superficial. Everyone's looking around. Who else can I talk to? I'm always worried about, well, I'm going to say the wrong thing and then I'm going to be in regret all night or the next day. It's just, you know, I'm not going to meet people new at a party. The bullshit, Hollywood bullshit, people cheerleading me, making me feel good, making it feel like we're going to do something together. I, I just, I, I can't, I can't stand. I can't stand it. I just, I'd rather sit down with one person, pop some wine or whatever, and have a real conversation. And you don't, you don't get that at parties. You, you don't. You don't. In fact, one time I was at a party. This was a real moment. This was a Hollywood party. And I, I sit down on a bench and sitting next to me is Beck, the musician. And we're just uh, looking out, looking out at the, uh, the skyline. It was gorgeous. And I said, hey, man. He said, hey, man. And that was it. I go, what a beautiful moment. That's what should happen at every party. That's what should happen at every party. Now, before I wrap it up, I just want to say this. Because I live alone. Uh, I'm alone a lot of the time. And I don't have many fears. Like, I don't have a fear of being eaten by a hippo because I'm not going out on a river. Why Why would I go out on a river like that when we have drone photography? I can see it. That guy, Attenborough, Adelbert, Richard Adelbert, Adelbert, Adelbert. Richard I can say it. I can hear it in my head right. Attleboro, he, that guy does incredible documentaries. It's not going to look better than that. So why sh- why show up? Well, I'm not going to skydive. I've seen the uh, I've seen the GoPro video. Looks pretty cool. I don't need the risk of death. But I do have one fear I've had my whole life, and that's choking to death. I'm afraid of choking. So when I eat something like chicken on the bone and I'm alone, I got my phone. I got my phone right next to me. I got it on nine one one, ready to hit call and uh, go <laughs> give out my address. I'm that afraid. Like I guess my only fear is dying alone and nobody finding me. That's that's a fear. Like how bad would that be? Like 
I actually think they should have something for people that live alone called a uh, decomposing detector. Instead of a fire alarm or right next to the fire alarm or part of the fire alarm, because now fire alarm detects like CO2 or whatever, uh, carbon monoxide, right? Have it, have it detect decomposing bodies. That way it's like, you know, if it goes off, if you're dead, it sniffs you out and it, it, calls, it calls the authorities and you go, we got one, we got one. That's what I want. That's what I want to invent. Nobody steal that from me, please. We know his name. Episode 50. Episode 50. Uh, Dad, I had more to get to. I had more to get to. I had another clip. I was going to talk about how we're a tantrum nation. Yep. But I didn't get to it. I didn't. I didn't because I'm keeping it short. I'm keeping it concise. I'm doing exactly what Henry Wankin Thoreau did. If I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. Well, you guys don't have time. So uh, here I am. I'm sweating. Look at this sweat. I'm working. I'm working. Thank you, Ernesto Hurtado, for mastering this podcast and getting it up everywhere. You can listen to it on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon. There's another app that some woman after a show came up to and said, hey, I listen to everybody here. You're not on it. So I got to figure that out. If you want to email me uh, and, I, and let me discuss it on the air, just let me know. The email is what's wrong at orneyadams.com. You can go to teamwhatswrong.com and uh, all, everything you need is there. It's uh, really, uh, I, have, I have nothing to complain about. Uh, although in this day and age, I'm, I'm just constantly trying to seek out reasons to be optimistic. So I'm really hoping that things change in the short term, that this war ends, that inflation settles down, that the economy comes back. And you know what? If we would just stop fighting each other on nonsense, really, this isn't, it's not everything that you're fighting for every day. It's not worth your time. A lot of these issues and battles, they're not, they're not worth it. You're just, you're saying no, like a baby. You're just throwing a tantrum on the ground, like a little baby going, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not going to do this because that person is this and that. It's just, everyone just needs to just, let's just take a deep breath and let's go back to laughing at the little things. Thank you.